from Charter Hall and Banish, this is Sustainability Further. I'm your host, Lottie DL. You're listening to Sustainability Further, a podcast by Charter Hall. One of Australia's leading property groups, Charter Hall is focused on creating innovative spaces and going further to build a better future for all. Natalie Isaacs' electricity bill inspired a global movement. Isaacs is the founder of One Million Women and author of Every Woman's Guide to Saving the Planet. She's responsible for inspiring 970,000 people to do better for our planet. And in this episode, we chat to Natalie about the power of individuals and how to stand up and take climate action. Natalie, it's great to have you on the podcast today. We start each episode with the same question. So here goes it. What does sustainability mean to you? Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And the um, what does sustainability mean to me? I think um, when, when you look at the holistic approach to living, it is about living with the least impact on the planet. And it is about... Um, using your everyday actions and your voice and your vote and your influence um, for the love of this earth. That, that's, that is really what, what sustainability means to me. Yeah, definitely. It's not just looking at one industry or one sector. It's kind of taking that holistic approach to sustainability. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and the word sustainability can... Um, can also, you know, it, sometimes people get confused with the word sustainability. What what does it really mean? And um, I get I, I I get asked that question a lot. Like, what do you really mean that when you say sustainability? What what what, what explain that to me? So I I do also think it's it's important to note that sometimes that word can trip you up, and it it really is just about living um with yeah with 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 the love of earth in in mind and um thinking about less is more and thinking about you know when you buy something do you really need it and and it's it's that sustainable approach to your place on this earth yeah i think if we were to look at sustainability as a verb as a doing kind of an action then I think that it would be a lot easier because it is about taking action in every kind of area of your life whether it be I don't know your work life your finances your home everything food waste I don't know it it all kind of adds up I know exactly what you mean and and you're right it's the way you yeah it's the way that you you um kind of phrase the word sustainability Yes, exactly. So for those of our listeners who haven't heard of One Million Women before, can you please share with them what this movement that you've created is all about? So it is a, um, it's a women's movement and, and I started it uh, a decade ago and it is, it is really about well, it, it, I guess the, the tagline has changed a few times. It was when we started, it was we are, you know, daughters, mothers, sisters, grandmothers um, taking practical action, you know, to, to um, act on climate change. But, but really it is we are building um, a, a women's movement to fight the climate crisis through a lifestyle revolution. That's what, that's what I think it, it really is. It is about um, millions and millions of us around the world living with the least impact on the planet. But it is, it is 
um, it is building this this new approach to how we live. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And I've been following your journey and also One Million Women's for some time now. And I love how you are adapting and pivoting and kind of working with the current climate. And as it changes and it transforms, you guys are too as well, which I think is really amazing to see. So your journey to reducing your environmental footprint started with your electricity bill, which I think is something that we all have the power to change, you could say, pun intended. Yes. (laughs) Fighting climate change with our wallets sounds like a really easy step, but in actual fact, it can be quite difficult. So where is a good place to start? Oh, I reckon your your electricity bill is a pretty good one (laughs) because, you know, it is... Honestly, it was the easiest thing that I was um, I was able to do. It really was. It was, and it was before I even got the point on climate change. Before I realised that as one person, I am pretty powerful. I I just was. This was on my, I guess, during my epiphany. Because but before I started One Me Women, I promise you, I was nowhere on my climate change journey. I was a cosmetics manufacturer, so my life was really different to to what it is today. I, I literally you know manufactured skincare products and cosmetics and over packaging and um and so I I'm a newcomer to to this I'm a new I, I'm not a long-term green role model and and I think that um when I got our household electricity consumption down and 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 it was really easy it was the low hanging fruit it was just being more vigilant around the house and when i saw that we had saved a 20% 20% um on that bill and i'd saved a heap of money and a heap of pollution at the same time i realized that i was powerful but um, and so I think that a good place to start is those small things that give you quick wins, um, whether it's getting your household electricity consumption down or getting your food waste down so that there's less food um, going into the bin because that food finds its way into landfill and when, once it's in landfill, it creates methane gas, which is even more potent than CO2. Um, it's one of the, the, you know, the greenhouse gases that, that causes climate change. And, um, and or when you're in the, sh- you know, the shopping centre and you want to buy something and you ask yourself that question, do I really need it? And, and, and you choose not to buy it because you you don't think that you do need it. Those are those are those quick wins that really make you feel empowered, and that is what started me on my journey. Electricity consumption. Then I went on to um, reducing our household food waste, and then I stopped over consuming, and then I stopped buying things in plastic. And before I knew it, I had quite seamlessly moved from the camp of inaction to um, owning the problem, being responsible. And, and, and I think that, so those are the places start. If you aren't on this journey yet, just start small, see the quick results and it will, I promise you, it will move you to the next action and the next and the next. And that really is the philosophy behind One Mean Women. That That is really... The way that I started one minute mirrors my journey when I when I went from that camp of inaction to action. 
No, definitely. It is a bit like a snowball. It just kind of builds and builds and you don't really realize until you kind of look back in a kind of six months time and you go, oh, wow, I'm actually am doing a lot better for the environment just by a series of or a sequence of small actions that will make a big difference. And I think as well, it's also a if you've kind of got someone in your household or your office or workplace I often do go down the money-saving tact as a way to get them on board because it is living sustainably can save you a lot of money. As you can say, your motivation was with your electricity bill was to cut it down by 20%, not only for the climate, but also from a money-saving perspective as well. So I think having that multifaceted approach does actually help and it can help convert people who probably aren't that interested in the climate change, can it kind of help them make their actions more powerful as well. Exactly, yeah. So One Million Women doesn't just fight for our planet, but also gender equality and gender justice as well. So how does fighting these three massive social issues go hand in hand? Yes, so it is, I think One Million Women is that intersection between women's empowerment um, and, and, as you say, gender equality and, and climate justice, but it's that women's women's empowerment and climate action. And when I started One Million Women, it was, it was really a no-brainer of making it a women's movement. I, um, I, when I, when I had just changed my life, you know, I got all this like I, 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 I reduced consumption and waste and I went on the net to find um, my tribe. You know, I went to find who else was out there doing what I had done and I wanted to know where I go, what's next. And I, I was really surprised because there was millions literally of environmental move, um, organizations out there doing amazing stuff. But right at that time, there was no one that was actually speaking to me. You know, as a woman who had just done all this um, stuff to change her life and wanted to wanted the next thing and wanted to find other women, and I could not find I could not find it. I saw this this very big gap um, uh, around women and uh, enhancing the unique strengths of women and and as I said before that intersection between women's empowerment and and climate action and so I just decided to fill it I thought that that's what if I can't find my tribe I'm going to create my tribe <laughs> and as I was doing all my research about it it you know I I, I found out that um, that, that on one hand, women uh, in you know an affluent society and um, you know uh, make 85, 75 to 85% of the consumer decisions that affect the household's carbon footprint. Uh, or women are powerful networkers, and uh, women have incredible um, um, uh, power. To, to influence as consumers and um, as networkers. But on the other side, women and children in developing countries, um, indeed in places uh, around Australia, uh, are the most vulnerable to climate change. And, and I thought as a woman living um, in an, you know, an affluent society, shouldn't I do all I can to live with the least impact on the planet? Because 
we live under one atmosphere. It is, you know, we we all the the, the pollution that goes up into the atmosphere it it affects us all, and so it was really a no-brainer back then when I started One Million Women. And I also found that women were the most underrepresented um, around the negotiating table in government positions, in places of policy, in places of leadership when it came to, to, um, you know, climate policy. And so I, um, you know, it, it, it felt that it was the right thing to do. No, definitely. That's that's an amazing piece there that you've just spoken about. And I do think it is just so simple if we all think about it. We're all on this planet together and we all have to band together to protect it and to fight for it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not that one man women is anti-bloke. Um, and we love we we love men. <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, um, we really do have... I think about 15% of our community are men. And so this was not about being anti-bloke. It was just about dialing up the unique strengths of women. No, definitely. And you're doing an amazing job at doing that because you've almost hit your target of one million women. But I'm sure your crusade won't stop there. So what's next on your agenda? <laughs> you're right. It's, it's, I mean, I, when I started One Million Women, honestly, I thought, because as a cosmetics manufacturer, I used to um, make brands. Um, I had my, my main brand, but then I did these fast fashion brands for the big department stores and it used to take me six months from concept to getting products on the shelf and um and I when I started one me women I thought ah this can't be that hard (laughs) I think I'll, I'll reach a million women in six months the same amount of time as it as it took me to create a, a cosmetic brand and get it out on the shelf. <laughs> Gosh. That's how naive I was. I didn't <laughs> really even know how to build a movement when I started. And um, anyway, yes, we definitely weren't at a million women in six months. But um, and, and, I, and, the, and the reason is, you know, our focus is very much on the way you live. It is on behaviour change. It is on, um, you know, that, that we do, you know, deep research into how do you change the way that you live, but how do you make it stick? How do you go from the camp of inaction right through to using your vote and your voice and your influence? What are those steps? What And what keeps you going and what makes things stick? Because it's very hard to do it, you know, in this this high consumption, um, you know, the structure of this high consumption society. So so it it really has been a journey getting to this point. But we are 970,000, so we're very close. And um, we, you know, it, it has been a, it's been a crazy year. 2020 you know and it started actually it started here in Australia on on Christmas Eve on New Year's Eve with the bushfires and then you know then it spilt into COVID and and so it has been such a hard year and um and I think for one million women we have we've just doubled down you know we've just we have just 
everything we are doing, we just want to do bigger and bolder and stronger. And we are just more committed than ever before to be a bigger movement and be more powerful and, and really focus on the big themes. No, definitely. It sounds like some amazing campaigns and initiatives and all of the work that you're doing, yeah, just sounds absolutely amazing. And it's very inspirational to hear. And it's, yeah, it makes me so excited to just kind of get out there and do as much as I can to help in any way that I can. So I want to know what advice you have for others because people can often feel powerless when it comes to climate change, especially right now when single-use plastic has kind of come back when we were seeing a downwards trend in it and it can seem like we're powerless as just one person. But what advice do you have for people who are maybe feeling this way? I think that... um the most important thing is to never underestimate the power you you have as one person to change the world. Never, never forget that because um, the we are all made up. You know, the the communities are made up by of individuals. Governments are made up of individuals. Countries are made up of individuals, and. Um, when individuals act and then you create a collective, it does shift systems. There is no question about it. And so never think that your action means nothing because it is not just significant, but it is powerful. And I think that um, uh, while we're going through these hard times of COVID and lockdown and um, you know the the the, the, the single-use plastic slipping back into to things. I think it's important just to to do your best, and not to think that you have to be perfect, but just do your best and have this stubborn optimism, have this gritty determination uh, to just keep going, keep doing, keep acting in your life, keep building your voice because um, and don't get despondent by by the things that you know you just can't do much about at the moment. And yeah, if you can't take your keep cup to a cafe at, right now because they won't take it, maybe you, you just don't like for me, uh, I I really have changed in terms of the not like in, I always use my keep cup at a cafe and now I'm just making my coffee at home um, because you know until and there are cafes now that are back there taking your keep cups and um and and so you can still you can still work your way around these things but just don't just take a little bit of pressure off yourselves and don't feel you have to still be you know perfect you'll get back into it but don't lose that gritty determination um because it, Right now, climate change, and and for all the you know, of course, climate change as we as we kind of navigate our way through COVID is is taking a back seat, and um and but you know it does sit there, ever present, right alongside um, COVID, and so uh, as we emerge from all of this, or as we start to 
you know, get back into the world, it is so important that we do not go back to business as usual. We do not go back to the way that it was. We've got, I believe, this incredible opportunity through all of this. And and I know that, you know, that there is like that it has yeah, it has been a tough time for so many. But we have this opportunity to create a new path a new path forward that um and 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 not go backwards not go back to how we used to live and and if there's anything that being in lockdown and covid has shown us is that nature and you know this planet and the gifts that it gives us are more important than the stuff that we accumulate and so I feel um, that there is, you know, a new approach that that we're all finding as we go through on this journey this year. Definitely. And I think it is kind of adapting to the new normal. And when it comes to sustainability, it is just putting one foot in front of the other and just keep pushing and keep driving, no matter how big or small those steps that you're taking are, but just keep pushing forwards. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Natalie. It was amazing. This episode has just been filled with so much wisdom. I have really enjoyed listening to you and I'm sure that our listeners have as well. Oh, thank you so much. It's really been lovely. And yeah, thanks for having me and and for supporting One Million Women because we just need everybody. We need everybody to jump on board now. <laughs> Definitely. I'll put um, information to One Million Women in the show notes as well so that everybody can find out all about it. Mm, thank you so much. This conversation is part of Charter Hall and Banish's podcast series, Sustainability Further. This series has been designed to inspire Australians to be more environmentally responsible and to take climate action. Sustainability Further is produced by Banish. Charter Hall's purpose is to create better futures by bringing aspirations to life.